and welcome to the Pack Heavy podcast. Now this podcast is for anyone who works in the hospitality and food manufacturing industries who use flexible packaging to get their products to market. Featuring interviews with guests who have traveled the path that you're on so that you can learn from their successes and failures and engage in the mindset required to go all in on your vision. I call this mindset the Pack Heavy mentality and it's primarily driven by deliberate action and extreme organization. You gather market intelligence, put a strong plan in place, organize the appropriate resources, and then confidently test your hypothesis against reality. So if you're ready to pack heavy on your vision, you're in the right place, and I'm excited to have you here. Good morning, and welcome to episode 75, where today I have guest Connie Marples, who is the proud founder at Boosh Foods, joining me on the show. Now founded in 2017 and sold in hundreds of retail locations right across Canada and the USA, Boosh makes plant-based ready-to-eat and easy-to-prepare comfort foods, vegan cheeses, pâtés, dips, and now Beanfields chips. So on today's episode, Connie generously tells the Boosh startup story, which includes their recent acquisitions of Salt Spring Harvest, Pulse Kitchen, and Beanfields chips, which is driving a huge amount of their current growth, and also what it took to take Boosh public in 2021. So this episode really is a great show for anyone out there grinding away who is looking for a really good dose of inspiration. I really enjoyed today's conversation with Connie and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did too. Cheers. Connie, welcome to the show. Thank you. No worries. It was great seeing you on the weekend at the trade show. How was the event? Oh, it was amazing. It was so good to see everybody in person and so many wonderful brands there. It, yeah. was, it was awesome. Wasn't it? And your booth was looking yeah. great as well. Yeah, it was fun. It was fresh, punchy, bright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you've also um, just come back, I guess it's been a month now, but um, Expo West, how was that trade show? That was good too. It was actually, I guess it was, that's the first time I'd been to that show. So it was a great right. experience. Yeah. Uh, we just kind of rolled into the US. So it was a good starter for Boosh. And of yeah. course, Beanfields, our other company is from California. So yeah. good opportunity and didn't know as many people at that show though. So that was obviously different. So the, coming to the CHFA is more like a Hey, hi, how you doing? It's home, Which isn't is it? nice too. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I picked up on really that great. too. But the one thing that I did notice, I mean, I was looking at um, Expo West through the lens of, you know, what I saw on LinkedIn. So living vicariously through everybody's posts, there seemed to yeah. be a lot of Canadian presence down there. Totally. Yeah. And it was a similar energy too. Everyone was just super happy to yeah. be back because that was the first in-person show for the US. Yeah. Yeah. And if if you remember when everything shut down two years ago, that's the show that got canceled right at the at the last second. Eleventh hour, yeah. And, yeah. And the other interesting thing was uh the Friday of the show was the first day in California when the masks came oh, off. Wow. Yeah. So it was it was it was pretty surreal. The whole timing of everything it was pretty, pretty exciting to be a part of. Yeah, that's cool. Um mm-hmm. so I'd love to dig into that further with you. I guess the whole premise of today's conversation is to sort of really dig into the mechanics of Boosh and what you've built, where it came from, where you are and where you're going. But um, you know, there's so many exciting things. Like I know you've had some acquisitions um that you've made between um Salt Spring Harvest Pulse Kitchen and now most recently Beanfields, which is awesome. And uh, mm-hmm. and you also went public, which is monumental for your business. And I'd love to sort of dig into the ins and outs of going public and why you chose that, um, why you chose uh, to go down that road as well. So before we kick off into all of that, I always like to start the conversation with where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Penticton in the Okanagan. So oh, had a yeah, wonderful place to grow up. Haven't lived there for many years, but I go back often. So yeah, it's good. Nice. And uh, when did you find yourself in Vancouver? 
Oh boy, I'm going to disclose how old I am now, but I moved <laughs> right out of high school. I graduated in 79. What? So I moved to Vancouver in 1980 yeah. and uh, love Vancouver. So I've basically lived in the Okanagan and Vancouver um, all of my life. It's South Surrey now, but yeah. Uh, yeah good places to be for sure yeah absolutely i uh, i agree we love it here too um now looking at your linkedin profile i can see there's a little bit of history there and you know you've had a uh, a great career in the hospitality industry you know with wine bars and restaurants but you also found yourself in real estate as well tell us a little bit about how you found yourself in that field well i've always been in sales and marketing and promotions i of course, my LinkedIn profile probably needs updating, but I didn't put all my things that I used to do years ago, but I was in radio promotions mm. and event management. And uh, then, yes, I opened a wine bar in Kelowna and then opened one in Vancouver in Kits with a wine store attached. All so right. I've always been very interested in the culinary world, uh, have a pretty good palate, I would say, mm -hmm. based on you know my interest in wine. Uh, real estate, my husband's always been in it. And when we moved to South Surrey, uh, we just decided to work as a team. I yeah. did the marketing aspects and the client care and the staging because I love to do design and decor. Yeah. So, but you know, it was a, it's a great industry and uh, really his passion and I just didn't feel fueled by it. Yeah. So I started thinking about what I could do to get back into the food industry without having a restaurant. Mm. Started kind of planning everything in around 2017 or so. Uh, and then continue to do real estate while I built up this vision of, of what I wanted Boosh to look like. Right. So how long did it sort of take for you to arrive at sort of the plant-based sort of model or, you know, idea that you wanted to go down that avenue? Yeah. So conceptually, initially, it was going to be uh, an app where you walked into a Safeway or a retailer and the app knew you were there and you mm. said, okay, I'm in the mood for something spicy or something homey or this or that. You put that in and then you could choose from like, let's just say chicken thighs were on sale or whatever yep. you could, you could punch that in, or if you wanted something vegan or whatever. So it was, that was how I started out. And then I decided I really wanted to get into the product aspect. So Boosh was always plant forward, mm -hmm. but in the early stages in 2017, I did use animal protein. It was mostly vegetables. So it'd be like a chicken curry with lots of veggies and a bit of chicken. Yeah. But I also had the vegan line and we were doing home delivery. And uh, I really noticed, first of all, I'm also celiac. So I wanted it mm. to be uh, gluten-free and I also am allergic to dairy. So I kind of wanted it to be all inclusive food that everyone could pretty well eat. And uh, so by the time we decided to launch it to retail, which was 2019, um, we were in the planning stages in 2018. That's when I decided, no, let's go fully plant-based because I knew that's where uh, people were going and I wanted to give people that option and, and make it simple for them because everybody uh, just needs to eat more plants, whether mm. you're fully vegan mm -hmm. or you're transitioning. So that's kind of how it came to be. Oh, very good. And so you were producing product in your kitchen at home or did you um, move into a commissary kitchen or how did you sort of go about production to start with? We found this tiny, tiny little space in Langley. And I mean, it was so small. I think it was 500 square feet or something. Yeah. We were there for the first couple months. And then I found a place in uh, Ocean Park, which is closer to my home in South Surrey. Mm -hmm. And it was, it used to be like a sort of a Subway restaurant style yeah uh 
space. So we had our offices in our front and the kitchen in the back. But then once, so we were producing there for home delivery and we got into a few retailers with our bowls. Uh, and when we wanted to launch into full scale retail, we knew we had to go to a co-packer because we couldn't mm. afford to build our own facility yep. and we wouldn't be able to get into the big retailers making it that way. So yep. uh, that's where we found we found a co-packer in uh, Cloverdale who we're still working with today. Yeah, fantastic. So you had quite a like a, a large vision right from the start. Like, did you know that this was an organization or a company that you wanted to grow or did you sort of have you know, um, sort of smaller goals that you wanted to achieve first, like, you know, a lot of product testing, a lot of customer feedback and validation before you went all in, or was this like, I'm going to do this, let's go. Yeah, I was more the latter. Yeah. Uh, I think that a lot of the things that I've done in my life have kind of led me to where I am now. Yeah. And we're all like that. When you look back on the things you've done, you're like, wow, it's amazing how much it relates to your experience. And I've always been extremely intuitive and also had a good handle on trends like for instance, the wine bar, uh, we were one of the very first in North America. This mm. is like 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and doing flights of wine and 60 wines by the glass back then, no one was hardly doing anything like that at the time. Yeah. So yeah, that's mainly why. And I, I've always, my, my passion has always been to help people sit down at the table and have meals together as a, as a family, or even if you're on your own to just sit and take a moment as opposed to always on the run and eating uh, things that aren't necessarily the best for you. So yeah. I, I had a strong vision from the get-go and it just kind of morphed along the way. Mm -hmm. And the brand that you've developed, it's it's so recognizable. It's bold, it's colorful. And the name Boosh, where did all of that come from? Sort of talk to me a little bit about brand developments and you know, was there an evolution to arrive at where you are today as well? Yes, definitely. Initially, because it was going to be strictly an online presence with the app and then the uh, the home delivery, I wanted to find something that was kind of punchy that stood out that was similar, loosely related to food. So bouche in French spelt differently as mouth. Right. <laughs> so that's how it came to be. Uh, and then when we, so I chose that. And then when we looked into it further, it's funny, but that spelling of bush, if you look it up in the urban dictionary means to live life joyfully, okay. uh, which was awesome as well. Cause that's really what we're trying to do with, uh, you know, spreading the joy of eating plant-based food. So it worked out very good. Uh, yeah. And then when we came up with, we purchased uh, Salt Spring Harvest yeah. and Pulse Kitchen. And Salt Spring is a pate, a veggie pate, beautiful products. Uh, Zoe Corelli uh, created those uh, and has been selling them in uh, everywhere from Choices and Whole Foods to a lot of small retailers, beautiful mm -hmm. sunflower seed based. And also uh, Pulse Kitchen out of Penticton, Stefano Liepas and his wife, uh, Brigitte, they make really beautiful plant-based cheese and so as much as i liked both those names we wanted it to be more part of the bush family mm. so i came up with the name amuse bush which uh back from my wine bar days we used to give everyone a little free appetizer at the beginning of their meal which is called an amuse bush it means right. to uh, you know amuse your mouth right so that's what our it, it, it's kind of cute but that's what our new line is we just launched it at chfa yeah. with their new packaging yeah yeah and uh yeah so it all kind of flowed and worked Came full out circle yeah that's funny isn't yeah. it it was meant to be it is i love that yeah now 
obviously here you are, you're almost five years um, down the road. Back when you were getting started, I can imagine, you know, you discussed the fact that, you know, you weren't in a position to build your own production facility. So you decided to work with a co-packer. Tell us a little bit about the resources that were required to get off the ground. And, uh, you know, throughout this period of time that you sort of needed to accomplish, whether it was raising capital, you know, brand and platform development, we've already spoken a little bit about brand, but talk to me a little bit about the resources that you sort of needed to accumulate over time. Well, uh, everybody has a different approach to that. And basically, uh, because I was selling real estate and my husband was, and it was a pretty Mm -hmm. strong market at the time, we literally self-funded. I'd be like, go sell another house with more money. Because it does cost a lot too. You know, know, it it always costs way more and takes longer than you think it's going to, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we self-funded for a long time. And then we did a, a small raise with friends and family. Uh, And that went well to kind of get us launched into retail. And that was late 2019 when we went into, we launched in the Sobeys by BC program throughout uh, British Columbia and uh, with Choices. And my son Colton and I were the only two employees at the time. And we hustled all over BC and opened all these accounts and really worked hard and and had a really great uh, first quarter of launching. And then we got... Of course, everyone knows what happened in March 2020. So mm-hmm. it was a really tricky time for a lot of people. And for us, it was hard because we couldn't even call on the stores. You know, they didn't want to see yeah. it. if you weren't uh, a, a well-established brand. It was like, forget it, right? Yeah. So at that point, we just uh, decided uh, we knew that we couldn't just kind of keep crawling along. So I had to make the decision. I either forget it and mm-hmm. back off or kind of go big or go home. So yep. we decided to, uh, we took the time to find a national distributor mm-hmm. uh, with UNFI and we found a, a broker who was willing to take us on. It's a small kind of boutique broker, but great for our brand at the time. And uh, then I started really doubling down and looking for uh funding in which way we were going to go. And it's really, it's tricky when your sales aren't there. Everyone knows that. So we happened to be approached by uh, some friends, a friend of a friend of mine is in the public markets. And that wasn't my intention to go that route. I Mm. I really didn't think anyone would be interested in taking this tiny little company public, but because of the success of uh, Beyond Meat, and then of course the very good butchers at that time had already launched, it was kind of like, plant-based, I guess, became the new cannabis in, mm-hmm. in reality, right? Yeah. So there was a lot of interest in the market. I was fortunate that the group that I got involved with were really experts at structuring the deal. So we didn't issue a lot of shares. We did a small raise with uh, what's called warrants later. So they could cut, you know, we, we our initial raise was 50 cents a share. And then uh, if they bought uh, during this period of time, they'd get a dollar warrant that they could cash in anytime up to a year. Okay. So that allowed, allowed us not to issue too many shares yeah. and therefore having this huge uh, evaluation that wasn't even close to being accurate. And I yeah. think that's where a lot of companies get into trouble. And then, you know, you blow, it takes a lot of capital and you think, oh, we have all this money. And then yeah. next thing you know, you need more and you can't go back to the market because yeah. your sales don't. Yeah. So, I was very grateful that I got in with a good team. And so that's what we did. And and, and we launched uh, on the CSC last May. And, you know, it's it's got its ups and downs and the market's definitely had its ups and downs. Yeah. Plant-based hasn't done well uh, as a 
as a sector, um, there's been some trouble. And I think a big part of that is because people that are trading, especially with the with the, the penny stocks, they, they want to see quick returns. They want yeah. to see their get their money in and out. And this is we all know CPG takes a while to grow. Develop, so, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the upside is uh, we've got a good team in place and we've got we've got uh, lots of great plans in terms of uh, growth and more capital raise coming. And um, we were fortunate to get Beanfields as an acquisition. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was that was. Uh, basically for shares we we had to issue eight million shares for that but because we were already at just a just small share amount it didn't hurt our position and beanfields uh had been doing uh at the time of purchase over 12 million us annually so we had built the infrastructure with our team uh mm. we have a great facility here and you've met some of our team members yes, I have. Uh, yeah, so we've got a really good group of people, but we just didn't have enough sales to fill our funnel yet because you know it's taking it takes a while with Boosh or with any any uh, company unless you're like one in a million. It's you know it's a long selling cycle, right, yeah. to get into these retailers. So luckily, we have the infrastructure. They have the sales. They're filling our funnel now. Mm -hmm. uh, we are uh, about a week or two away from having our audit completed with with uh, Beanfields and everything's yep. going really well anyway. But once that's complete, then it becomes like official, official. And I think that'll help our evaluation and, and help us keep, continue to grow. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah. There's a lot mm. in that. Um, so let's go back to the start. So, you know, when you jumped into the industry and you were out there hustling and selling and trying to get into retail, that yeah. was potentially the first time you've ever done it because coming from real estate and coming from the food service world, CPG is very, very different. So how did you find cracking into those markets? Actually, the funny thing was, is my very first sales job I ever had back in the early 80s was a, a company called New York Seltzer. And it right. was like a new age beverage at the time. So yeah. actually, I'd be in the stores having these flashbacks of, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is so bizarre. I've been here before. Yeah. <laughs> 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you can tell I'm 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 in my latter years of life, but uh, I'm 60. I turned 60 this year. So oh, congratulations. But yeah, that's good. Uh, so, but still, yeah, of course, I had really next to no experience in it. And, uh, you know, it's just like anything you're passionate about it. So yeah. you're just gonna, you're gonna sell it. And they love to see the passion. Uh, luckily, we're in a, a province and in a country for that matter that loves mm innovation and and uh they love to see small businesses flourish yeah and there's so many great programs out there uh the by bc program and i went through the feeding growth program which was also wonderful yeah yeah uh yeah so we just we just hit the pavement and went and did it Good for you. That's awesome. You know, I was wondering if you had like a core group of advisors that you leverage because, you know, getting into this industry is really tough, especially people that have never experienced it before. And, uh, you know, it's always a great idea to bounce ideas off people, especially if they're new ideas to you. So who is your sort of um, core group of advisors that you leverage? Well, the people that I met through the feeding growth world uh, were, that's where I met most of my uh, advisors, Ali Semai, uh, he's actually my VP of operations okay. now. Yep. Yeah, yep. he's a lovely guy. And he was a speaker at one of those events. Mm. And so I spoke with him, he helped me get into the co packing helped me uh, streamline my systems, etc. So and then um, 
Brian Saul is the uh, facilitator there. And uh, he he's the one that designed my packaging. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah. And that was such a good experience because he's he's so good at what he does. And um, he gets you really involved in the process. I knew I wanted it to be bright and poppy and punchy, but yeah. he has some really interesting methods that he uses. Like, for instance, he said, I want you to send me all your favorite uh, album covers, not albums that you listen to necessarily, but what you how how you like them to look. That's cool. So the original Boosh Frozen line was loosely developed around Sgt. Pepper's uh, <laughs> Beatles album. So yeah. if you think you probably don't remember what it looks like, but it's yellow and pink and turquoise. And yeah, so it's kind of fun. That's so, cool. That's uh, a great approach. Yeah. yeah. I've, yeah. um, I've been having conversations with Brian over the year. We just haven't managed to line up a date that we can record yet, but I'm sure I'll have him on in the future, but oh, he's, yeah. yeah, he's been recommended he's to good. me by a few people now actually. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, what I'll do is actually, um, I'll throw his website down in the show notes for everybody to click on because he's done some phenomenal work out there. hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. So, and then, you know, once you're at these events, you're, you're out networking, you tend to meet people and, uh, I mean, LinkedIn can be good for that too. Yeah. You should never be afraid to reach out to people. And mm. uh, I've certainly just asked anyone that I see as someone that could bring value. I just shoot them a message. And um, if you're going to do that, I think it's best to make sure you have some key questions you want to yeah. ask. Yeah. Because people people are busy, but everyone's just been so welcoming. Oh, and the BC Food and Beverage uh, has been a wonderful resource too. I've met a lot of people through that, and that. I, I can't say enough good things about them. Yeah. I just had a really good conversation a couple of weeks ago with James Donaldson and yeah, yeah. phenomenal guy, like full of insights and he's been embedded in the industry for so long. So he's so well-versed, but uh, yeah, yeah, there are definitely some benefits to being a member of an association like BC food and Bev and the CHFA. Are you a part of any other associations or do you sort of just tie your, um, tie yourself to those two? Uh, also plant-based Canada. Okay. I haven't had an opportunity to do much or give back or network too much, but I thought mm. it was important to really uh, support that industry. And uh, that, that uh, is a good organization for anyone wanting to uh, have a plant-based business because everyone is basically, you know, the suppliers mm. and the protein Canada, everyone's it's, uh, associated with it. So yeah. 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 And then my, of course, our local chambers and uh, a Surrey board of trade, Vancouver board yeah. of trade. We just, we, we want to be connected to those uh, organizations as well. It's so important, isn't it? Um, I yeah. know that you had a big presence at the planted expo too. That was really cool. And uh, I enjoyed that yeah. event, but I enjoyed um, visiting your booth and tasting your samples there too. Well, thank you. I love that show. Uh, it's such a great show. And we we wanted to step up and uh, take on that sponsorship role at the yeah. time because uh, because there there was a hole. Normally, they have a big retailer that would do that and they didn't have anyone to step up. So we did. And yeah, it was a lot of work planning that and, you know, having that big of a presence. But what a what a great show and a lot of fun. And we will be at the new show coming up in June as yep. well. Just not not to that level, but super happy to support that uh, that show and be a part of it. Yeah, I'll head along on the day as well. Um, one thing that I love about these trade shows is visiting the little guys and, you know, getting out there, yes. you know, the people that are just getting established out there in the market. Like it's such a great way to interact with their consumers and, you know, um, buyers and, you know, really try and develop their brand. 
And I wanted to talk to you because it's sort of tied to this piece, but, you know, obviously with the acquisition of Salt Spring Harvest Pulse Kitchen and now Beanfields, you've obviously got your eye on smaller businesses that you could potentially further develop as well. So when you're out there scouting, like what did you see in those three businesses that sort of you went, oh yeah, we need to be, these guys need to be under our umbrella. And what do you think you'll be looking um, to in the future for other acquisitions? Because I think, you know, any insight for another brand out there to sort of understand you know, what bigger companies or other companies are looking for when they're thinking about an acquisition. I think, you know, it would be, uh, yeah, any insight would be really helpful there. Great. Well, for us, uh, I wanted Boosh and I still want Boosh to be sort of a recognizable, trusted name that's gluten-free, first of all, plant-based, but also gluten-free, yeah. non-GMO, you know, all, all the good things people are looking for. I want that to be the, the foundation of, of who we are and what what we're doing so people know that when they see our logo they can ex- they can trust it trusted yep. source for that so anything sort of that falls into that category but we're not as interested in going into single ingredients like there's so many beautiful companies out there that are doing uh you know m- sausage meat uh, yep. plant-based uh dairy that kind of stuff or plant-based yep. milks and stuff so we're not looking for those so much as Really, mostly Boosh is uh, plant-based, ready to eat, or easy to prepare. That's what uh, that's what we want to to give people the option of. So, currently, I'm not looking for more acquisitions because we really wanted sort of di- dial down on what we yeah. have. We have a lot kind of going on. I can imagine we did a lot this past year, and it's we're in you know we're in several parts of the grocery store, and that that's challenging. Like most companies will stick to frozen and they won't go outside of it. Whereas we're frozen chill. Now we've got our Mac and cheese shelf stable. And then we're in the, uh, you know, the deli section or what have you with the cheese and pate and then the chip area too. So it's like, okay, basically the team here is like saying, Whoa, Connie, (laughs) Mm -hmm. slow down. Let's focus here. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I mean, I, I feel the same way. So the expansion of, what we will be doing besides sort of just focusing on our sales and, and production and growth is uh, potentially new SKUs. I've got lots of things in development mm. for that within our frozen line. As an example, we want to expand our bowls section because we've got some really wonderful flavors and maybe do a couple of collaborations with some other local businesses. Oh, uh, that's what we're, yeah, that's what we're kind of looking at right now. But uh, yeah, so I think that when people are, building their own business. I don't think they should necessarily think about that. They should just mm. do whatever their bliss is, whatever they're interested in and um, just do the best that they can and, and focus on something delicious. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, and really, yeah. you know, making sure there's a product market fit and uh, yeah. and you know, the other important thing that I took away from the trade show was, you know, the importance of having a really strong distribution channel. Like if you can work with a really strong partner there and, you know, there's a good alignment between um, both parties, I think that you'll yeah. see a lot of success as well. Yeah. And it, it that's another challenging part when you're small. Uh, for instance, when we started we and we got into this Sobeys local program, mm-hmm. they recommended a, a distributor to us who happen to be good at frozen, but they don't, they don't go out and sell the product or anything. They just drop it at the door. So, you know, and that's, what's going to happen when you're working with the smaller distributors, it's on you. 
-hmm. you might, they might deliver it for you, but you've got to still get out there and hustle for sales and orders and be in the stores a lot yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's stages, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Different growth stages. And so um, you're down in the States now with Beanfields too. So I can imagine the market there is huge, like phenomenally huge. Like the whole population of Canada is like tucked into California, for example. So, you know, how much opportunity do you see down there for the further expansion and growth of Boosh itself? Well, a lot. (laughs) We're excited about being there. Uh, We know, first of all, that Frozen is the number one fastest growing category in the U.S. They have much larger freezer sections than we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's good. And plant-based, of course, uh, is extremely popular, particularly in the West, but all throughout the U.S. Uh, so with those two categories combined that we're in both of, we, we see really good potential. We are uh, currently available through home delivery in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a frozen line and soon our shelf stable Mac. And we have a we have uh, a really good brokers and we're set up with UNFI and Kehi. Yeah. So we're kind of all set to go and, and have pitches out all the time. So we're really hoping to break ground there soon. Oh, that's we're awesome. all set and ready. Yeah. It sounds like you got a huge year ahead of you. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. We're having fun too. So, you know, you got to make sure you do that along the way. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy good. the ride, right? Oh, yeah. no doubt. Uh, just looking backwards, you know, you mentioned the impact that COVID had on, you know, the early development of your business. It sort of, you know, put a stop on a lot of things. But I can imagine throughout that time, you know, like any business, it's never just a straight line. There's ups and downs and, you know, zigs and zags. So, you know, are there any particular lessons or, you know, things that you've learned along the way that you know you can um, provide some examples of uh well i think my biggest challenge was i mean funding there's a million challenges in the industry right everything from supply chain to funding to uh you know sales not being as robust and not being able to sample and all those things but all of those things are what they are and they are just challenges they are part of it and i think Mm -hmm. for me my biggest uh, takeaway was that I really learned to focus on what I wanted mm-hmm. to happen as opposed to what I was worried about. Stop worrying. Just really pay attention to what you want. Think about what you want, not about what you don't want. Yeah, and, I know, yeah. and, I, and I know we all hear that and, you know, it's been said many times, but truly when you exercise that, it's amazing how opportunities open up and you just feel lighter and you mm. feel like anything's possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, in the earlier days, I was worrying about every little detail and Hey, there's a million of them and there's a ton of mistakes. We made yeah. pretty well every one of them, but you just go, okay, move on. We're good. What do I want next? What do we want? What do we, what are we, why are we here? What are we trying to do? Yeah. And it really helps. That really helps a lot. So you just keep on moving forward, understanding that mistakes are going to be made, but you can learn along the way. And so long as they're not catastrophic, like, you know, it's just a part of growth. It's just a part of moving forward. Yeah, exactly. And people also are very understanding, like the retailers, you know, I mean, of course, if you make, if you're, you, you got to make sure your product's safe and you're not going to poison anyone or any of those things, obviously, but you know, like for instance, we maybe, uh, our, our co-packer, uh, actually it wasn't, it, it it was, uh, it was a a different co-packer was doing some work for us just with the packaging aspect of it. And they put the wrong dates stamps on our, our frozen line. Mm -hmm. So it looked like they were 
out of date, but they weren't. I mean, first of all, frozen is pretty much good for eternity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> technically, but you know, we we sort of have a two year shelf life. Not that it ever lasts that long, but anyway, they had it so that it was. It looked like it was two months from now. Oh wow! So we shipped. Yeah, so we shipped that out, <laughs> and then we had to bring it all back in, and then. <laughs> Some of those retailers thought we were trying to sell them outdated uh, product. Okay. So, but, you know, you get past that. And most yeah. of them were very understanding. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is it. We're done, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you just push through. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. good. You know, th- I think those mistakes are important to make. Like, you know, everybody that I've spoken to, you know, throughout the episodes on this podcast, it's like, you know, unless you're making mistakes, you're just not trying, you know, you're not moving in the right direction. So, you know, having mistakes occur is probably a good thing to acknowledge. Like, you know, you are pushing in the right direction and uh, you sort of learn where the boundaries and parameters are, you know, in that field. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah, absolutely. Now, going back prior to when the business started, if you were to go back and whisper in your ear uh, when you were just on the verge of like, you know, hitting the ground and, you know, pulling the trigger on this idea with the knowledge that you have now, what would you tell yourself? Well, to surround yourself with really good, positive people and don't, don't, uh, you know, some of the relationships I've met along the way have been great. You learn something from each and every one, but don't, don't accept anything less than what you feel is in alignment with your own goal and purpose. And if people are just always talking about the problems and the issues, they may not be the people you want to surround yourself with. Mm. Challenges are going to come for sure. But for me personally, I needed, I need to have really good, happy, positive people around me. And that's how we built our company. And everybody in our company is, uh, you know, is, is in the same mindset and we're Mm. all trying to have do our best and have a good time. And, uh, so that for me was a learning curve. That's it. That's interesting. So when you're goal setting and when you're projecting forward into the future and you're getting everybody on the same page and moving everyone in that direction, how do you go about it? Like, do you have whiteboards? Do you sit down and have an all hands meeting and how do you keep that message consistent and on everybody's mind? Well, we do a lot of, uh, of, uh, We've got a pretty pretty nice space with a couple of uh, rooms that are informal, sort of almost like a living room, dining room setting, right? Yeah. And so we like to sit down and and uh, have meals together and chat and plan informally. And then we all we you know we we do a lot of breakout sessions every week. We have our consistent meetings like like most companies do, whether it's in the mm. production realm or new product development or marketing uh, strategies. So depending on on which department you're talking about, but but ultimately uh, I'm a planner. I like to plan. I'm always thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. I like to I like to have everybody involved uh, when we do. For instance when we uh, we rebranded Pulse Kitchen and Salt Spring Harvest, it was a good opportunity to tweak those products a little mm. bit. So uh, everybody tastes the new flavors, everybody gets their feedback in, everybody looks at the package design and, and gives their feedback. And it doesn't matter if you're in accounting or if you're in shipping, I think it's fun to have the, the team involved because everyone buys into the, mm-hmm. the concept and the product. So we try to do, you know, a family approach. That's awesome. And for all intents and purposes, you've got quite a small team. How many employees do you have on the books at the moment? We have 12 here in South Surrey. And then we have uh, five in our Penticton facility, which used to be Pulse Kitchen. 
Uh, and we are just in the process of planning for our own facility mm. uh, currently where we are like building our production site here. So once yep. we have that, of course, that number will go up. But yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty small. For pretty sure. nimble. Yeah, no, that's a yeah. nice size sort of business mm-hmm. to accommodate, you know, um, you know, sitting down with everybody, you know, because as soon yeah. as the business expands, you got to do it online. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's really funny true. in that space. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Actually, it, it is. It's it's fun, and yeah, we, we enjoy each other's company. That's cool. Now, you've already sort of mentioned, and you know, we've already discussed that this next year is going to be huge for you. You've got some big goals that you want to achieve. But if we were to fast forward a year from now, and you were to say to me that you'd had your best year ever, what is it that would have that you would have accomplished? I guess uh, that it would be Boosh is. Now people know what it is yeah. <laughs> for starters outside of, you know, sort of our own little circle and it's become a trusted source for plant-based ready to eat or easy to prepare food. Mm-hmm. That would, you know, that's my ultimate goal. Uh, so that as a company, and then I guess as an, as an industry, I would love to see flash forward a year, the general public adopting the plant-based lifestyle, not, not as a fringe thing, but ultimately everyone knowing that this is the direction that the planet needs to go and uh, it, it becoming a primary source of their diet. Huge, big goals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. We're, we're all busy, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, listen, thank yeah. you so much for your time today. I really um, appreciate the insights that you've provided us all. And uh, if anybody wanted to get in touch and have a chat with you, what's the best way for them to go about it? Uh, my email, which I'm sure you can share or LinkedIn or any of our social channels. I'm, I'm easy to reach. Perfect. I'll put it all down in the show notes for everyone. You bet. Absolutely. Well, listen, Connie, thank you uh, very much for your time today. I truly appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Thank you. You're welcome. Ciao. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions from today's episode or would like to know more about what I can do to help you achieve your packaging vision, you can reach me directly at Hayden at thepackheavypodcast.com. You could DM me on Instagram at thepackheavypodcast or we could also connect on LinkedIn and start a conversation there. I'll see you next week.